the show. We have different music playing this time. I don't know if you recognize it. But it's pretty epic. Welcome to the Movement Podcast, where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV. This week, we specifically talk about The Mandalorian and the latest episode of The Mandalorian. This week, joining me, I have my co-host. His name is Jesse. What's up, Josh? How you doing this week? I'm great. How are you doing, my friend? Ah, oh, feeling like uh, I'm a believer. That's how I feel. <laughs> I love this track, by the way. I don't know. I don't know why I feel that way. I just do. <laughs> and we also have special guest. He just joined us. This might be a little weird with the microphone, but we're about to find out. His name is Ricky. Hey. Hey. Of course. It's great that everything is working because we didn't get to test before you got in the show. So, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing today, Ricky? I'm doing Good, good, good. Man, I just, I love that track so much. It really puts me in the mood to make a podcast about the Mandalorian. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, so like I said, we are the Movement Podcast where we talk about movies, video games, music, and TV. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, Just search Twist My Arm because we are part of the Twist My Arm network. So you can find us on twistmyarmpodcast.com as well. So let's get right into this thing, shall we? What did you guys think of this week's episode? Well, if I may immediately interrupt you again, uh, yes, let's please. Do a quick recap. <laughs> Every <laughs> time, I know. I'm sorry. And, and <laughs> you're you're the best at these at these recaps. So yes, it's, please. Well, Ooh, very quick recaps. I I appreciate that, and I agree. Um, so this week, uh, the Mandalorian and his party, uh, they finally it. it just really quickly they're going moment to moment there's no more like here's what happened five days ago it's like this is the next scene okay so just stick with us here they're going to bust bill burr's character mayfield out of a rebel prison well or or i guess a republic prison at this point right so Mm. that he can help them get access to imperial codes so that they can track down mockidian's ship and find out where grogu is basically what they do is they bust him out they take him to this explosives mining facility, which like how many buildings is the Empire going to build that are designed to die? Anyways, they go there. That, they do that's the something thing. that I can, I can old... answer. Yeah, he, he, they go in there, they run into his old XO and uh, it's, it doesn't go well. And uh, basically they explode this giant Imperial base. They let Mayfield go and he gives them the instructions to go find Grogu. At which point the Mandalorian decides you know what would really, really shine on Moff Gideon is if I sent him one of those FaceTimes that he sent me when he was trying to get a hold of the child. It was oh, it's going to be so deliciously ironic. So Mando gets his delicious moment, and we are left with one episode left in this entire season. Josh, I think that thing that I said might happen might happen where they go, if you want to find out how this story ends, you're going to have to watch season three in 2022. <sighs> no, it's uh, it There's comes out in December in 2021. Yeah. It's coming out in December, so it is very close to 2022. But 
I think so, that's because there's, you know there's a lot of, of stuff in this things, episode so. that one of the three of us has called was going to happen over the last several episodes. Like everything happened mm-hmm. in this episode, basically. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. that we've got that out of the way, what did you guys think of the episode? I'll let you talk for a minute. Yeah, and anyone that's just joining us, there are spoilers of this as well. So this this whole thing is spoiled. So if you're watching or listening and you haven't seen the episode, well, now you know exactly what happens in the episode and also spoilers. <laughs> it's a new record. We're like four minutes in and we've ruined the entire show. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been Mando Friday on the Movement Podcast. We'll see you next Peace. week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh I, I, I let's you know, Ricky. Why don't you tell us what you thought about this week's episode first? It wasn't as good as we've been getting lately, in my opinion. I felt, you know, maybe it was that moment-to-moment thing that was so different that threw me off. But I felt a little bit bored. I felt like they could have trimmed a couple of the scenes down and given us a few more scenes with a little bit better exposition. I felt like we spent a long time uh, on top of that weird caterpillar carriage thing. Uh, we spent a long time in a lot of the scenes, and if they had trimmed that down, maybe we could have gotten a little bit more out of this 42 minutes. Yeah, it was longer than I was expecting it to be. Like Every time I would pause to write a note down to myself, I would be like, oh, there's still... 27 minutes left here there's still 18 minutes left you know i i pause it way more frequently than that but you get the idea um yeah and i, I, yep. I think the episode I, was 38 minutes by the way 38 it felt like 46 i'll be honest with you um I now, did it feel, did it feel longer because it wasn't pacing, why did it, it feel pacing it was the pacing was okay. different and i'm I agree yes. with Ricky that the pacing was slower. Um, I don't know if I feel the same way about the way it was executed, but I know I do agree that it was a slower paced episode. Um, it was one of those, like, <laughs> at some point it had to, the pace of this show had to slow down for like a, a second, right? Like at some point we had to take a breath. I did find it a little strange that they would go to so much length to show like, hey, you know, both groups of people are two sides of the same coin. It's all about, you know, it, it's all about people. It's not necessarily about like the actual empire and the actual rebellion. Like, how do those things affect people's lives? And like, I'm I'm really glad as a Star Trek fan to see that in Star Wars. I think that's really cool. Um, that's actually a Dave Filoni thing. Dave Filoni has always done that in his like cartoons and stuff. He must where have been raised more about in Star Trek. <laughs> more about the people and stuff. Um, I just it's one of those things where I'm like I'm I'm really appreciative to see that and I'm really glad it's finally in Star Wars why is it at this point in an eight episode season like <laughs> just like right before we go to the huge bad guy versus good guy fight they're like yeah but what's good and what's bad you're like well what's good is to go get Grogu back and kill the guy that took him I don't care what you're like what kind of morality they're trying to make me question here's here's my thing we'll come back to this okay we'll come back to this whole thing but like i just it's one of those i I enjoyed that they took the time to do it and i think they actually did a really good job i'm not going to say that bill burr is like some great actor now but i was impressed with what he did with what he had in some of his scenes in the rest of his scenes like kind of until they started you know rolling into the base and he was like there was a sense of danger or something until then i was like man, this Burr character kind of sucks. Like, 
he's he's overly quippy to the point of like mm-hmm. cliche and I'm just bored with him and he has no he's talking in a very monotone voice like this hey Mando what's up I'm, I'm just dejected now because I'm a trash prisoner and it's like I, I don't buy that the character would really be that way um, and then he did get mouthier as it went along right the, the Bill Burr came out in him so I it, it was weird like some of the scenes I think he was I don't know maybe bored on set and then the rest of the scenes he, he did really well Um I'm struggling because because I I disagree with most everything that you guys are saying. But do you want to know why? You disagree with that stuff because it's probably like accurate. Like you hate you loved (laughs) The Last Jedi when you walked out of it and then you watched it a bunch of times and you hated it. (laughs) Your least favorite episode in the last season was the Bill Burr episode. And now you're you're like it was. We're all like, okay, yeah, we see what you mean. Because that episode, we're like, no, that was a fun episode. And you're like, well, this episode, he's great. And we're like, no, this episode doesn't belong at 0.7 of an 8-episode season. We don't need Bill Burr's character development and like another Imperial base exploding on the way to exploding an Imperial base. I think Bill Burr had so much more exposition or whatever than you guys are thinking. Because... Just, I don't know, as like, you know, you know me, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm in a goddamn Chewbacca outfit right now. So, like, you're in a onesie. It's not an outfit. (laughs) You're right. It's a onesie. But I just, I think the way that he basically got Mando to take off his helmet, he, he was the one to give him that, that pep talk that was like, why are you doing this? Is it to hide your face or is it because you need to hold your helmet on? And that like already Mando has been questioning that whole thing. This whole, this, this whole season is like, why do I have my helmet right. on and all these other Mandalorians aren't? And so that kind of set him over the edge to the point of like, you know, he also, he also really, really drove home the desperate times call for desperate measures aspect. Um, because yeah, of I just, just just because of the way that he you know he explained to him like you'll you'll do whatever it takes basically and the mandalorian was like so, yeah, yeah absolutely i will do whatever it takes well and i don't want you to misunderstand like i'm not i i actually really liked this episode i, I have mostly positive things to say about it it's just that that was kind of one of the the slower spots for me and i just i, I think i think bill burr kind of got more into his because i love bill burr as a comedian god my chair is all fucked up but i love bill burr as a comedian right and f is for family is one of the best netflix shows that has graced our presence like bill burr is he's great and the the reason i didn't like the prisoner episode which by the way um the director of this episode uh rick famuia also directed the prisoner episode with bill burr Um, so there's a little bit of a connection there but continuity i think Bill Burr just wasn't, I think in that episode, he wasn't necessarily as gung-ho about what was happening. Whereas this I one, hundred percent opposite. This one, he had opposite. a little bit more story, not, not necessarily story, but like heartfelt things to go through. He did. But in the first one, you could see on his face that he was like, oh, I'm a kid from Boston in a freaking Star Wars movie. Like, <laughs> he was having the time of his life. He, he hated Star Wars. He never knew what Star Wars was before he went into Mandalorian. He had never seen a Star Wars before. He didn't. Star Wars he didn't. 
he knew he didn't, what it was. He didn't care that much, though. He didn't care at all about Star right. Wars. And then he comes into it, and now, like, I think but even this so, episode like, shows how much I, he's, like, grown to like Star I, Wars. No, I feel like this is how much <laughs> he's grown to like money from Disney. He, When he was in the first one, you could sure, tell he was having fun. Money. It was a new thing that he was doing. It was like, you know, I've never done this before. This is fun. I don't have basically any restrictions on what I can do. Like, I just, it's... I still, I, I mean, like, I have, I, I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate the entire concept. Like, I really like that they gave him his own backstory. I like that they tied it into the empire and the, you know, rebellion struggle and that they have, you know, they kind of gave him like his own uh, Serenity Valley moment. And he's like, here's this crazy thing that happened to me. And, yeah, and like, yeah, nobody cares about that. And he just shoots him dead point blank. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's really, really cool. I just don't care right now because sure. Grogu is on a ship somewhere and we have one episode left to go get him, save him, kill the bad guy and make sure everything is okay. I and get like, that. And I guess this next episode is going to be an hour and 20 minutes long, which I'd be okay with. I'm just, it's like, uh, it seems like a weird choice to put in, you know, what is good and what is bad right before we have the final good versus bad fight. I I, I understand that they did it for that reason. I just I'm pretty sure it's, in a clumsy way. I'm pretty sure it's going to be about an hour maybe a little over an hour. Um, But, but I also just like this episode to me was a little more heartfelt kind of, and it's only because they, they reference, you know, operation cinder, which is really cool to me. That was battlefront Two storyline. Emperor Palpatine has a message that he sends off to his whatever captains. And he's like, operation cinder is in effect and like right and then they they do all their crazy shit with that and i i thought that was just a really cool reference and seeing how much it affected you know and and how bill burr was part of that was was cool to me just because well and like like uh, i've said before on on this particular series like i really like that they're taking the time to mine some of that content that they were like Hey, none of this content is official anymore, but we'll pick and choose and kind of reshape and make it, you know, how how that how it work. And I, you know, I'm glad they're doing that. And like I said, mostly I really liked the episode. Like right from the start, when they go to the the Sakar planet and they're just the junk the trash everywhere. Planet. Yeah, yeah, and you see the. I do want to point out their own walkers now, like the Rebel Walker, yeah, uh, like wrecking Wreckosauruses in the background. That was pretty. Yeah, cool. um, I do want to point out how like. They kind of ruined that whole screen behind the set thing because watching that when they're panning down into where Bilber is working, you're like, oh my God, there's the set and there's the screen. Yep. Like, ah, yep. they ruined it because you can, you can clearly see things now that, right. you know, I mean, it's not like and it's ruined because it's still really cool, but I'm just like, ugh. It's not, but it. It does mess a tiny little bit with your immersion, like as a trekkie. It takes right? you out of it. It takes you out of it for sure. Right. We get upset when we can see the zippers on the uniforms, right? So it's like <laughs> I totally understand what you're talking about. Like I totally get it. It's it's a hundred percent understandable. Um, oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, no, I always forget good. what kind of pain you guys have gone through. <laughs> we have gone through the ultimate. Well, maybe not the ultimate pain. I don't want to be over dramatic, but like it, it has happened before. Um, yeah, I just I like seeing that the rebels had walkers. Um, <clears throat> I really, really liked seeing um, Batman all cleaned off and like 
you know, tidied up and looking slick. Like, this is my brand new armor. I just fixed it up. Like, he was, I mean, he looked like a brand new toy right out of the Kenner plastic, man. Dude, uh, and I, I paused it for a second because I was like, oh, oh. And I had to, you know, his his little lights right. on the chest. Like you can kind of see it on our on our stream right now. You see his brand new armor right there. How it's just right, all like in his little insignia. Yeah, yeah, I do want to like. I do want to ask, how did he do that in such a small period of time? The armor looks brand new. Does he just have a um, buffer on his ship? It's. I mean, maybe they rub the backstar against each other. <laughs> I think I was gonna say. Cause like it just Mando really a, hard, dude. Mando got shot like a hundred and twenty-seven times in the last episode, and he doesn't have any blast marks or anything. So I'm That's thinking true. what it is. Like, Beskar is just like really good Teflon, right? Like you just, as soon as you get a blaster, you just oh wipe that off. All right, we're good. Okay. He could he could have painted it too. It could just be I extra paint what it is. that he put on there. So here's yeah, my yeah. thing, right? Clearly the they have some kind of well, and they have some kind of like polymer paint that is included, like additional material for the parts that were scratched away and stuff right like it's future space paint sorry right. far right. in the past space paint um, <laughs> but i did think that like when when Bert, when mayfield walks up to the ship and he sees both of them in one place he should have like at that point he should have gone uh no i'm, I'm gonna go back to jail like uh, <laughs> i'll see you guys there i'm going back to jail I don't, I don't think so i don't think so and then yeah credits roll and you know i did like time, i did like all I did like his little quip, you know, oh, I thought you were the other guy. Right. And then he walks out and then you're like, oh, but there he is. Oh, man. Um, so in, even before the credits, even before the, the theme song, I really loved seeing the inner workings of how uh, Slave One goes from horizontal to vertical, to, like where you're sitting in that. Also, by the I, way, I have in my notes. Um, let's see. Hang on. Where is it? Let's see. Uh, seeing the Slave One from the inside. Eat your heart out, Ricky. did you see yeah there was so many people in there it looks like they could have had four or five more people in there if they felt like it yeah Um, but i did i really liked i really really liked seeing them all on the same ship and then they you know they figure out what they got to do my favorite part was when like they finally you know okay we got to go to this explosive mining planet or whatever so mando radios up to jordy lafette and he's like, Helm, <laughs> lay in a course for Morag, warp six. Copy and, that. Aye, sir. And then they, you know, so I thought that was really cool. Um, I will point out that a couple scenes later, um, Boba Fett was also Data Fett. He was like, sir, I've scanned the planet and this is what I've been <laughs> yeah. able to learn. From. And then yeah. Long range sensors have just come online. And I was like, I'm really digging Boba Fett as every member of the crew on a bridge on a starship. <laughs> this is really cool. Um, I don't. I really uh, hope that this show now doesn't kill Boba Fett because I want to watch Boba Fett like captain of whatever ship he's on. I don't care. That's what I want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I think that's why they'll kill him off because yeah. now they've brought him back and he's just yep. as badass as everybody expected him to be. And Disney did not announce a solo Boba Fett series during their thing last night. And I mean, oh, look, man, that was that was like 10 episodes that they did or 10 series that they announced yesterday. You would think they would have that they would announce something. What if uh, what if the next season is just called The Mandalorians with an S and it's Mm. both of them? 
I'd be totally cool with that. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a feeling he might. Would you say, Ricky? That'd be pretty sweet. Of I mean, you can, it would you... be about a show. That's that's what everybody wanted in the first place. So <laughs> yeah. And if true. Pedro Pascal's leaving, like it's rumored to yeah, be. That's true. Oh, here's here's then... the other thing I wrote down quickly before we move past this. Um, this is part I think of how I felt about the Bill Burr character, Josh. Yes. Mayfield just wants to be in a heist movie with a jovial crew of misfits. Like, <laughs> why is that his standard demeanor? Like, he just got out of jail and he's like, hey, heist movie lines. Am I right? And everybody's like, no, this is Star Wars. And he's like, oh, but heist movies. And they're like, no, this is Star Wars. And he's like, oh, okay, Star Trek? I can do Star Trek. And then he does Star Trek for like 40 minutes. Well, 29 yeah. minutes, whatever. Which, by the way... I I liked Bill Burr so much in this movie that I made a section for favorite Bill Burr quote of the show. Does anybody have one of those? No, that's a terrible <laughs> segment. I hope you don't have a drop for that. No, <laughs> no, do, I don't. I don't remember I don't. the exact quote, but the moment when he was talking to uh, our Mandalorian, Din, he was asking he was saying there's a difference between taking not taking your mask off and not showing your face yep just kind of comparing those two things i thought that was a very important moment for him i had a same one in in that scene as well that was uh, empire new republic all the same were just invaders on their land mm-hmm. um but yeah. I, I if you really want to watch Star Trek Insurrection, then you should just do that. But <laughs> it, it I, I, like I said, I loved it. I was really glad to see it in Star Wars. Just felt like a weird place to put it, like in the in the scope of what's left of the season and how much story I sort of demand to be told next week. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think it's more foreshadowing for next season. To be like be. Mandalorian is is going to be a little more humanitarian in the next season, you know, where he's he's more he helping be. people. Yeah, well, he's the like Mandalorian. More... Yeah, he's like Mandalorianitarian. Sorry, <laughs> I'm <taking> a second. <laughs> instead of instead of taking bounties, you know, he'll he'll help more people with oh, getting he'll... rid of the empire. Maybe maybe that would be him and him and Boba Fett teaming up to yeah teaming up to get rid of the Empire and chase them away. Where, but I don't know because there's so many places they could go with this. Unless unless they kill Boba Fett in the next episode, in which case they could still go the same number of places because that sure that does is end when characters established canon. But um, sure. Did, did anybody else think it was weird that the one fight scene that Cara Dune has in this where she should be knocking stormtrooper heads together like a cartoon, she doesn't? Like, Well, she, she pushes she them forward. Two guys, yeah, but she's like, smack. Like, she, that was a classic knock your head. To, like, that's the one time I would not have been upset with them doing it, and they didn't do it. Like, Maybe that was a sound effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, or a, like a, a Wilhelm scream or something. Like I just, it was, 
Oh, speaking of, I really, really dug the Mad Max style skiff pulling up on the side and that one alien just witness me to the side <laughs> of the juggernaut. That was awesome. Like, yeah, anything that has some Mad Max in it, I am totally here for. That's just I operate on a very basic level with that stuff. Yeah, and that was that was very Mad Maxy piratey sort of thing. Like all we needed was a guy in the front playing some sort of canteen, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but media. Uh, yeah, where 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 are we at here? Where so uh, this is the Mad Max Fury Road podcast <sighs> from MPMT. Thank you for joining us. There's there's just there's there's still so much like I want to talk about Boba Fett. Like he has his gun again. <laughs> I love what, 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 him. And they named it, right? If it said like cyclo rifle, like he actually yeah. named it by, by canonical toy name. Right. <laughs> and, and the, the plan, like even in my notes, like before they even get attacked by the Mad Max people, there was so much happening in that plan itself. Like, Fennec mentioning, oh, she's wanted by the ISB. And Boba Fett making that amazing joke. Let's just say they might recognize my face. Like, right. dude's a clone. Yeah, of course right. they're going to recognize right. your face. Everybody knows what a clone looks like. Yeah, so, gosh. like, it's a <laughs> fun they clone just joke. One model, and it's, that's <laughs> how it was. Yeah. And um, even, I, even if it wasn't a clone joke, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> It's more like his his mask too. Like he couldn't wear his mask because right. everybody knows Boba right. Fett's mask. Right, exactly. It was a it was a a double <laughs> entendre, if you will. Yeah. Um I I really liked the this is sort of jumping around, but that's how I roll. Um when they're in that truck full of bombs, which again, how many times Empire bad design on everything. Um when they had they had one continuous shot where he's leaning out the side looking at the skip and then he like goes inside to say keep driving and then he climbs up through the ladder to the top of the the vehicle and it's all one shot it follows him all the way through without any cuts oh yeah yeah very very cool shot i think yeah that's yeah well you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> i really i really enjoyed that um i did notice Mando on an NPC escort mission again this week. Um, this time that with meters that you have to watch and keep them inside of yeah, range. So, <laughs> oh my god. He, oh my god. So notes. Total video game mission right here. Yep. First it starts by making sure Rhydonium levels are okay. Then yep. it's the pirates. Then it's hand-to-hand -hand combat with the pirates because he runs out of ammo for some weird fucking reason. And then because it's the defusing Empire. the bombs. Then it's defusing the bombs. Yeah. But so and fighting the pirates at the same time. Like, just, you know, same sort well, of thing. This, I think I really appreciated um, the subtle lore in this episode, right? So, like, he puts on Imperial armor and immediately starts getting just wrecked by people with sticks. Like, yeah. It, it goes back to Ricky's point from a couple weeks ago. Like, they're literally, they, um, it looks like they're buying plastic. Like, it, yeah. it has the same functional protection as plastic. So like he it's like he took that first hit and was like, oh no wonder these guys go down so easy. They're they're wearing glass. Like <laughs> why would the Empire do this to their soldiers? But then he gets back so and he sees the contrast where they're all like, Yeah, man, we care about you. We're soldiers. Ah, starship trooper style. That and, was another thing, yeah. like I I had said you know in the fight scene to me that whole Mad Max pirate thing was just a little bit 
lackluster, I guess. Like Hard it just kind of disagree. Hard Monkey. disagree. It's the it's the first I time guess... Mandalorian has had stakes in a fight all season. He doesn't have his weapons. He can't just kill everybody instantly with missiles. I guess, he can I guess take that's damage. True. He's kind of on even footing. He still takes maybe like seven dudes. But and like, I guess the, the the content of it and like what is happening in it is definitely respectable. I guess it was just more the choreography of it was very very basic. You know what I, I mean? It, and but they did a great limited. job. They did a great job with the camera cuts and stuff, making it just look. It's like the it's so like fluid the, and and you know amazing. I just like I just thought fight. it was a little meh. It's the same fight as the fight on the Matrix in the Matrix, the second one on the top of the trailer. Like, it's cool, but you're very you you put your characters in like a, a twenty by five hallway on wheels, so there's not much you can do choreography wise. But I think that was sort of the point of the whole scene and arguably the episode and maybe even this the season of like you have a destination that you're hurtling toward. You can't let anything stop you. You can't let anything get in the way, even if it puts you between a rock and a hard place or it threatens your way of life or your very existence. Right. Like just keep you going just no matter fight, what. Like fight, fight. it's meant to be a straight line, a linear thing, a what's you know, obstacle, 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 obstacle. It's meant to be that way. And they even communicated it visually by giving you all those shots like straight down a row of trees, or like here's the the road, you know, that kind of a thing. Like here's stuff off to the sides. Like it was this is a hallway of death. Like the whole show right now is a hallway of death and it leads to Moff Gideon. And I'm just going to say it evil Grogu. When they get there, there's going to be evil Grogu. I'm just going to say it. I don't care. I thought that I don't, I don't think, I think it's going to be drained half dead Grogu. Yeah. And that's going to turn him evil. Uh, you can only be abused so many times by the empire before you become the empire. Before you wreck the empire, he's just gonna which, <laughs> which is what the empire yeah. wants, right? Because the I... emperor is a Sith. Yeah, I hope so. What were you gonna say, Ricky? I said that sounds really cute. Showing up to a half dead, half drained Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "How are you doing?" And he's like, "Wow." <laughs> and then Fennec, Fennec for some reason is like, "Oh, he's so cute!" Like that was the look that she gave Bill Burr. I don't right? like. What what so is up like, with everyone just they just care so much about this kid? Like yeah, she's like Cara Dune goes, the kid is missing, and he's like, Oh, the green kid, and Fennec looks at him like, Did you see how cute it was? Like, yeah. <laughs> the green kid? Well, no, I mean, the, that's adorable little monster. Like, yes, that's who we're going to get. That's how he gets Cara Dune involved. Cause she's like, Yeah, I can't do that anymore. I'm a I'm a Republic Marshal. And he's like, they got the kid, and she's like, What? She's um, like, no, I will pull some strings. <laughs> goes, no, thanks, Mando. I'm an actor now. Or can't you tell? And he's like, no, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah, can't. But the same myself. thing. I can't, same I can't thing. You get, you get Bill Burr involved. And well, I mean, Boba Fett and Fennec come along and they're like, look, we'll help you get this kid because you gave me my armor back. We'll, we'll help you out, which I still might think that there's a little bit more involved there, maybe a little more sinister something going on with Boba Fett and Fennec. But that's a... Maybe. Um, but then, so, you know, and f then they get Bill Burr and they're like, he, they have the child and he's like, oh, it's a little green guy? And he's like, shit, I'll, yeah, I'll help you for sure. So to, I think it's meant to be like, 
look, even for people like this, whose job is to murder, this thing is like just unholy levels of cute. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a heart or you're a robot or like you barely sentient, it will inspire all those things. So like Right. And and isn't that what makes Moff Gideon, Moff Gus just so freaking evil? Because we, should, we give how? him Jim, Moff Gregory, like <laughs> he it, that's the thing though, is like I also didn't like that he sort of looked scared. Like he should have been smirky and like come get me, Mando, not like, oh no, he's in dad mode. Like he, he had this look on his face that like I might be scared, and I'm like, I don't like this. The bad guy should not be scared. Uh especially not at Star Wars. Like that's the um it, it yeah doesn't, doesn't but track for me. It <laughs> kind of and you know, we'll get more into this later, but it kind of to me with him shaking in his, you know, pissing in his pants a little bit, I feel like that is gonna lead a little bit to uh to Thrawn. But Oh, he's we'll, not afraid we'll of Mando, he's afraid of Thrawn. That makes better mm-hmm. sense. See, Josh, yeah. that's the kind of explanation that I come to you for, not like what was Operation <laughs> Cinder? Because like, spoiler alert, I don't care. Nobody cares. Yeah, no, I, I get that. <laughs> Not in a mean way, in in like a. There's no way I have time to care what that is if, if I'm also going to be watching, apparently right. like 14 Star Wars TV shows. Which I mean, uh, again, another spoiler alert. I'm not going to do. <laughs> sure, and that's totally fine. That's totally and it's fine. and it's and I'm not complaining. It's it's the the thing for me is like, I think one of the things I really loved about Mando, especially last season, was like I didn't have to know anything about Star Wars. Like I, if I did, it would be cool. Right, because they would be like, "Oh, he's calling back to that thing," or "Oh, he's calling back to that thing," and then this season is a little bit more like, "Okay, I don't really feel like I needed to know who Ahsoka was. They did a fine job introducing her on her own. Um, everybody knows who Boba Fett is, right? So I'm I'm fine with that. But it's like I don't, I I I better not have to watch Bad Batch and Rogue Squadron and like all these other shows to find out what's happening to Mando for some reason. No, 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 no. They they did announce um that the only two connected shows to this that are and it's not even connected necessarily. Um but I mean the one that's going to be connected is Ahsoka. Ahsoka. And that we we talked about that long time ago about how that's coming in and whatever. But the other one that's it's not necessarily connected but it's in the same timeline slash universe as mandalorian is the uh ranger thing the republic rangers or some thing yeah uh, rebel cops who cares man we've been shown in this season that rebel cops suck i don't want to watch a show about sucky rebel cops yeah what is that i don't called? i don't mean to sound super negative uh, rangers because, like, of the really republic yeah but i don't mean to sound negative because i really like this episode like mostly really enjoyed this episode so i apologize if i'm seeing overly negative um oh no 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 it, I, they did, I did take the time to prove mayfield's point right when he's like everybody's the same it's just you know who you're rooting for this and that. and then they get right. back to they're almost to that base and then they the empire shows up with trumpets and saves the day with hero music like that's not what the empire does in star wars and, and yeah they, I and I have show that if you're a trooper, that's how it would feel. It'd be like, right. hey man, way to go, way to do your duty, way to you know stick it to those rebel scum, you know, yay, way to go, uh, Tie Fighters, right? Like our boys in the air totally saved you, like, dude. And that's in that way. 
in my notes, I'm like, I had very strange feelings about the Empire as they helped Mando and saluted him. Like, I respected the camaraderie. <laughs> you're, then, um, you're moth curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like, Bill Burr just sums it up perfectly where he's like, never thought you'd be happy to see the Empire, huh? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. You're and totally then has, correct. Like, psychosis for three minutes and then kills somebody in the Empire. Like, <laughs> it's like I'm so happy. Yeah, to he, wait, these are bad guys. Wait a he, minute. <laughs> he really lost his shit there at the end, which I was okay, okay with so because, I, because he was the part, there. That's what I want to praise Burr on, right? Like that whole conversation when he's sitting across from the guy, you know that he's gonna shoot this dude at point blank range and walk the f out. Like you know that's coming the minute you meet that character. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, hello. I am Corporal Evil. What can I get for you today? Who, by the way, you're like, oh, I wonder guy, if he's going to get shot. Uh, Valen Hess was played by Richard Brake, who was in Game of Thrones as the Night King. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still got an ugly Wait. face. But, <laughs> yeah. I, anyways, the point remains, right? Like, obviously, yeah, yeah. evil guy, he's going to die. And even. With no tension, where I'm like, okay, this character's dead already. It was still a good scene. Like, Bird did the the micro expression thing and the facial expression mastery to me. I feel like he did a really good job. Yeah. Um, it was well, really I, cool to see Pedro Pascal do that for most of an episode, too. Um, yeah. Even though they sort of put him in, like, I, I don't know what kind of mode he was in. Like, he's in desperation was, mode right now. But like the whole time, I, I think you're right. Like the whole time his helmet was off, it was like he's in shock or something. Yeah, like just can't like grasp reality for some or something. You know, it was funny because the second time I watched it, like I watched it and then I watched it immediately after. I I liked this episode <laughs> a lot, but I watched it again and after he takes his helmet off, you just like the second time you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense. It's oh man, it's like. Anyone that sees my face is going to die, basically. Gotcha. You know, you've seen my face. I have to kill you now. You know, you, you know I, what you I know really like, though? To kill you. I really, really appreciated that he did not hesitate. Like, mm -hmm. um, well, and that was uh, actually, actually let's, let's, character in, in the tactics for a second. In the Ricky, in the drive thing Gilbert's character says everyone's got their lines they won't cross until things get messy and that was exactly what happened which which was part of my problem with the with the Bill Burr character was like do you have to actually have him say the plot right before it happens every single minute of this episode which again I get it there are kids watching it's fine still a kid show yeah, yeah. right uh, <laughs> it it was just I don't know I I agree with that I I, I really liked that when they got back, like when they're trying to get away from that character, he's like, hey, let's go file those TPS reports. And I was like, office space. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah. that was that was beautiful. I was super happy about that. Um, and then that evil commanding officer actually, he's like, hey, let's go have a drink. And then he pours them a glass of what? Romulan ale. And I think <laughs> that that, I think because the Empire has it is why it's illegal. Oh my god. You're ridiculous. <laughs> I, it's, it's blue alcohol, Josh. That's Romulan ale if I've ever seen it. That's fine. That's fine. 
I don't know. But I, I, I just, did. I did like that that whole scene though. Just I with... liked the scene, and I but I liked that. Okay, so but to go back to Ricky's point from last week, is the Mandalorian dumb? I feel <laughs> like we have to say yes at this point because he walked up to a facial scanner with his helmet on, like <laughs> on purpose. Like he on purpose tried to scan his his helmet's face and was like, "Oh shit, it didn't work." I mean, like he he tried it. You know, like he gave it a shot. Like he gave it what, a good old college try for what? sure. Like what am I... <laughs> and they should have done a, a version of it right in the like deleted scenes or something where he's they're giving you his inner his inner dialogue and he's like, could it be that easy? There's no way. <laughs> oh my god, no way. <laughs> yeah, I just so to Ricky's point, yeah, the Mandalorian, a little bit dumb. <laughs> um, but I did like that he when that didn't yeah. work and it was like, you have one seconds. He was like, oh shit. And just immediately took his helmet off. He didn't hesitate. He wasn't like, yep. oh, what am I going to do? He was just like, okay, <laughs> taking it off. All right. I'll kill yep. everybody in the room. Whatever I got to do. I don't care. Yep. Like pretty much. Yeah. I think, like, I think I'm going to get this little kid back. <laughs> and you're right. It illustrated the point that Bill Burr had, had made. It was just like, we didn't need you to say that bill. Cause he was going to do it anyway. Yeah, and that's not Bill Burr's fault, right? Like that—that's not his fault at all. It's just it was it was dumb. Like I, I didn't like it. But well, I think this whole season has been leading up to him hanging out with his mask off. Like we—I think we talked yeah. about that at some point in time. Like yeah. Bo-Katan showing up without a helmet, and Boba Fett showing up with you know without even any armor on, but still proving that he's a Mandalorian and like. I think he's just, and now with Bill Burr getting him to basically sacrifice his secret for the child. So like does, he's, Bill he's Burr, really... does Bill Burr go get the rest of his crew from the last season and then show up miraculously to save everybody at the end of the next episode? Or No, 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 no. He'll be in the next season. Next season. Oh, okay. Be in the next that season. Happen, Josh. If that happens, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be specifically mad at you, I think. Um, that's fine that's fine there's way too many surprises to happen at the end of this season right that bill burr is he's just not going to be a, a part of that like i don't think this, i think you're right is, because there's no time yeah and this is season two of an already successful show that is about to like pop off as they say and they say i i really really think that they're gonna just go ham in this last episode and be like, bam, surprise, bam, surprise, bam, surprise. Sebastian stay right. here. Like I, I just, they're just gonna, to be like, you're going to watch this show for the next five years because we have that many seasons planned like this, especially because they're increasing their subscription price next year, um, yeah. which is not a which, joke. They're actually doing that. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's true, which is fine because they have a ton of content now. And, we're paying yeah. nothing for Disney, Hulu, and ESPN at the moment. So, plus, plus they're coming out with that new service uh, that's going international first, but I think coming to the states at some point. No, Star, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that's like sort of meant to be the Disney Plus of other regions. Like it gives them stuff that we have access to. I don't believe it does anything for us, but I'm not 100 percent on that. Well, it's an um, adult. It's more of an adult streaming service for the content that Disney owns, like FX, Fox. Oh, then they like, should call that Disney X. Disney X. 
No, but just, uh, you know, <laughs> I, um, I just have this feeling that there's anyway, going to be so much happening in this last episode yeah. that just back there's to not going to be enough time for Bill Burr. Back to this TV show, The Mandalorian. Um, yes, I yes. really like that the whole time they're doing their mission, um, that Boba Fett is like literally laid back. Like he's actually literally just chilling on his back waiting for the call. And then as soon as he's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. go, he's like, oh, yeah. all right, cool. And then yeah. I'll put my ship in stand-up mode and I'll come help. <laughs> yep. It's like just waiting for the call. I really like no, that. I, yeah, I uh <laughs> you're talking about missions right now, and I had kind of a like after they get past the pirates, I have in all capitals mission complete. And then Next mission, start. Retrieve Gideon's coordinates. It's a sneaking mission. God, right. you know, I, I really do like sneaking missions. Dialogue options. You do have yeah. to do the most uncanny things in sneaking missions, like hiding under a box and reading your mini-map <laughs> to avoid being seen by guards and crawling under tanks and using your codec to call Meryl uh, and taking off your mask. So, just throwing all that yeah. out there. Those are all very valid it's, points. I think that's <laughs> very much so a sneaking mission in that last part. Um, but yeah, he, uh, this is where, like I was saying, he's just as creepy as he is, as uh, uh, just as creepy as an Imperial officer as he is the night King, because right. he was, he was pretty, pretty creepy as the night King. It's like, he doesn't have uh, enough flesh, like it, between like this part of his face and this part of his face. Like they left out some guy, right? Yeah. Like he's like very. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's very Tarkin. I was gonna say he's pretty <laughs> clearly in line to be the next moth before he right. just gets right. housed. But so, I, that was a satisfying kill. Like they, when he shot him, not only did he shoot him like right in the chest, but the guy like it didn't. He didn't fly backwards, but like his chair went back, and he's dead AF. As he was done. Yeah. Say. Um. Before that, though, and we did touch up on Operation Cinder. That is from Battlefront 2. That's a pretty cool callback. If people that have played the story in Battlefront 2, um, you'll remember that as what Emperor Palpatine released. But I also really liked the um, emphasis on order. People want order, and we will be there for them. And this is, I think starting to turn into a bit of a prequel a prequel to episode 7 and the first I order dirty word yeah i i get that i'm sorry i'm sorry but it is kind of turning out to be that way like if the clone tanks in episode 5 or whatever um were actually snoke like the mm-hmm. very beginning stages of snoke and then this guy talking about Sneh. order then this would absolutely be the beginning stages of the first order, which, you know, we could absolutely see Luke Skywalker coming at some point. We could see, you know, a, a young princess Leia or something like that. But to yeah. further the point, not only is this a prequel to, um, to the episode seven and first order, but I, this is seriously, this is so shaping up to be the, um, conclusion of the rebels characters like the more oh, that I watch this the more that I just keep seeing the foreshadowing and the like you know 
we we talked about the picture from Rebels, um, the last uh, se- last season. They're they're by a temple, by a and temple. they have yeah. a picture of baby of Grogu, and I mean, Thrawn is absolute. I've started the hashtag hashtag Thrawn is coming. I'm going to be promoting that all week long until there's no way you're the first person to, to put that up after no, that episode. I haven't seen anything else, but then do it. Hashtag Thrawn is coming. <laughs> so anyway, he's coming, and which is going to bring back. I don't believe Ezra. in Josh, but you should. <laughs> it's going to bring back. I just Ezra. realized how that it's sounded. Gonna, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's going to bring back Sabine. It might even bring back Harris and Nula from Rebels, and they could seriously have a conclusion of those characters between Mandalorian and Ahsoka, and even. The the stupid Rebel Cop show. If Rebel Cops actually has Hira Sindura in it, or Sindula, whatever, however you pronounce her name, if she's in that as one of the like Republic Cops, I'm down. If I get to see a live-action ghost ship on the screen with the little Phantom 2 flying around and Sabine and Hera and their little, you know, spawn or whatever, like I'm so down with everything that so i don't know I, I just i think that all of these things i think they've given john favreau and dave filoni the keys i think that the the call that they had yesterday with their investors that disney had with their investors and all their announcements they had i really think that they have given the keys to favreau and filoni to, to. make to this to make this more of a uh, uh, a wider story that is intertwined in more uh, mat- material and content. A multi-franchise super franchise. Exactly. Okay. I have a question, or I guess I have a thought to bring up. There is a lot of foreshadowing going on in The Mandalorian. A lot of teasers for what's coming up. Does that kind of put them into a corner for what has to happen in future episodes? Because I feel a little bit like we're getting into a place where, like the final season of Game of Thrones, I was just waiting for everything to happen that I already knew had to happen. I knew this army had to move here. I knew these people had to move here. I knew these people were going to take the throne. And you were just waiting for everything to happen. Is all this foreshadowing kind of putting us into a box i think normally yes but considering john favreau was the pioneer of the marvel cinematic universe and had a lot of say in like story and stuff when it comes to that obviously kevin feige was like the runner of that the the flagship person but uh favreau just having like knowing how to direct stories even when something is a little off um like think of all the continuity errors that the marvel cinematic universe had up until what avengers endgame where they like fixed a bunch of shit i i mean i think that they could put them in a box maybe but these writers are very good at writing these kind of stories and i don't think that they've only thought about you know season three and four i think they've thought about the next 10 years of story and they have a clear path of for of things to follow well and even if they don't have you know 10 years planned or whatever 
it, it could be argued that they started with an in the box show on purpose, right? Like, sure. uh, okay, we'll we'll go with this character and we'll put him in this timeline. So Ahsoka will be this old, Boba Fett will be at this point, and then you know this will be what's going on with the Empire, and we'll use that as a basis to introduce everybody to the Star Star Wars cinematic panoply of goods, right? So like you'll have 10 shows that you could watch and based on which parts of Mandalorian you feel like you really like, you might be able to pick out which other show you really like. Um, so if they are in a box, I think they probably wanted to be in that box because as a totally casual Star Wars fan, that's kind of the only box that's labeled Star Wars that I would open right now and I think they probably know that. So if, if, they're, if they are, they want to be, I don't really think that they are though because it's such a it, it, like Josh was saying, they've been. It seems like they've been given a level level of creative control where they can go. Okay, this story thread isn't gone, but I'm not going to tell it right now. We're going to tell this story thread, and we're going to tell these other things, and then we'll bring that character back, much as we've done in this other, you know, Disney-owned property that I have a lot of experience with. Well, I think the the first season as well did a good job of. Like you said, it started in a box and it was very much so in a box. And even if they didn't make a season two, it would have been fine. But Grogu got so popular and like there was such a high demand because this show was so well made. And it's not just Grogu, the Mandalorian. Pedro Pascal does a great job. Quill was an amazing little Ugnaught character. I loved IG-11 in the last uh, season. Like they have done a great job with not just the adorable character and getting the the masses that w normally wouldn't watch a Star Wars involved in watching Star Wars but they also have like good character development and depth and like have a lot of good callbacks for like the diehard Star Wars fans and then even just like a casual Star Wars fan you're like oh my god that's a baby Yoda that's really cool what's going to happen here yeah. you know so it drew a lot of interest into that first season and so that's why I'm saying like this season finale is going to open a box. It's going to open that box right. and, and it's just going to have a bunch of shit. Come well, out. And I'm, I'm no, like, I don't even know what you would call yourself. Like a Jedi librarian, like a, a, a Coruscant elitist. I don't know what you're, <laughs> um, but like, isn't there Star also, historian. isn't there also time travel in, star wars we don't talk about that but it is there and it was invented by specifically dave baloney we don't talk about that okay so i'm right all right so there you go ricky there is no box because <laughs> time doesn't exist so <laughs> thanks dave <laughs> no they um firmly and solidly destroyed that not to, okay and not even from that point of view but like I would be okay with it. Like it's it's a it's a show about space magic. So like I don't care. Like yeah. And I think that's probably their their standard. It's, like get out of not, the box. It's not card, even... right, Ricky. Like well, it's space magic, so we don't care. It's something else yeah. now because we said it is. So <laughs> it's not even... ending either. Right. It's not even time travel though. I mean that that episode was was super cool because it's just I think like struck a nerve here. <laughs> no, I kind of did. I was like, no, no. Also, the force and magic is cool. And Josh was like, back to that thing I said I didn't want to talk about. Here's what I want to say about it. Like... <laughs> but it wasn't really time travel. It was just a I don't know. It was it's very 
Ezra just sort of like he didn't go back in time. He just sort of like looked back in time at first contact to, to tell the Vulcans that Earth was ready to join the Federation. Well, it wasn't like he could choose where he went back in time. It was oh, that's the worst time travel. Then yeah, they should like not had, use that. <laughs> once he found the opening to the world between worlds, there were just pathways like Mario Kart Rainbow Road pathways to different portals and like important times or something. I've, I don't know. It's it it still very strange. But devalue anybody's like respect for Star Wars mythology now. You're like, oh no, there's no time. Okay, here's how they did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my bad. No, you're good. But, That's, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I wanted to know about it specifically. But they did get like they destroyed that way of doing it like there there was only one there was only one temple left that was able to access that and it was completely destroyed so it was whatever when the last jedi or when uh the return of the jedi came out or when uh empire strikes back came out there was only one (laughs) jedi left too so like i could can't keep those movie names straight there was another come on now get the fuck out of here not at the start of the movie josh that doesn't happen in like the first 10 minutes like, all right. Anyway, back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> the what? Oh, the Mandalorian TV show <laughs> about about yes. Um, I, I we really were talking like about this episode. <laughs> we were just talking about the, the the fact that this is kind of a prequel to the First Order, which I really right. enjoy. Um, but on their escape, I wanted to mention it was very. Naboo-esque, and I was half expecting them to pull out their grappling hooks to <laughs> grapple up the side of the castle yeah. to get to the I top. I could have dug that, though. I could have dug that. And I feel like Boba Fett actually did try spinning, and it was a good trick. Like, he turned <laughs> very hard to the left and then dropped a, <laughs> like, a good gravitic mine. Like, he... he it's like hang on and then did some very intense rotation of some kind and then dropped a, a mine and it was cool yeah i do also love the fact that they have done nothing but give boba fett badass scenes like they're okay here's he hasn't done anything sp- that's not sweet very small complaint okay boba fett is like okay there's guys behind me hang on i'm gonna do something cool and then he just sort of like blindly pulls the drop a thing lever. But he has his scouter down when he does it. So like, why didn't we get a shot where it's like the scouter is showing him rear view, right? Like, I think it's just supposed to be a ship. Um, That's not good enough at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, That's what I assume. <laughs> just because I read the books and stuff. But like, I don't know, man. Boba Fett, the most advanced. <laughs> most it was cool. Advanced, it, like I said, super minor complaint. He drops that gravitic, like depth charge mine, and does that cool, like base explosion. Yes, I really like. Um, that. Which God, where did I? Where did I say? Oh, that is yeah. That so. Anyway, Slave One in action. Words cannot describe. Is what I have in my notes. <laughs> Every action scene that we have had of the Slave One has been great. Even them flying into the planet at the very beginning mm-hmm. of the episode with the noises 
of the slave one just yeah oh chills every, every time and again the the whole them getting in the ship and it like rotating behind them and you really getting a good look at what the slave one is and what it can do and then remembering that oh yeah he is his father's son and he has those incredible concussion grenade things that i just is that I they were from they were from jango's ship right there's yeah thing that jango was using okay because I, I try Obi-Wan. to remember where i heard the sound and it was like yeah I specifically remember that. Very and I do like that, that scene, the, him going straight up, which was awesome. I, I just, I love when the slave one is going straight up for some reason. I don't know what it is, just straight up. But <laughs> he, uh, he's so attacking the face of God. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> But he's just so cool, calm, and collected in that whole thing. How we got company. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah, just he, he's, like, and he shifts he, things around very, and they have to like hang on to shit. And to me, he's like the original trilogy personified, right? Like he's yeah. a little bit of Luke Skywalker, a heavy dose of Han Solo. There's some Boba <laughs> Fett thrown into the mix. Like he's, yeah. he's every cool thing about the original cool trilogy. Part of each. Yeah. Yeah. But then he, you know, you see, you see the shot of him going straight up, and then you see the opening of the bomb, and it dropped down, and like immediately, I'm like, oh my god, I know it's about to happen, and I loved that scene in the theater, with episode two. Yeah. That was like the sound that it makes, and I, I, you know, Kylie was working; she was doing her work from home thing, and I was like, hey, uh, so I'm listening to this loud just in case like you know you want to shut your door or something and like it was loud and that was loud and it was awesome and it just took me back so that just that whole nostalgic feeling and the way that it just tore those those tie fighters apart and okay so here's here's the the way hang on let me let me let me just finish let me just finish (laughs) The way that it, the, the way that the, the camera pans out and, and the way that it looks, that is. Oh, I fucked that up so hard. It's my <laughs> shot of the show. It's Josh's shot of the show. Yes. Um, um, the thing that, that hits that you about that, about that bomb, that weapon in particular, right, is that that shockwave is like instantaneous, and it yes. it happens a split second before the sound goes off. So it gives you that actual sense of seeing. Uh, the light before you hear the sound, right? Yeah, very cool. And there are two sounds that are like that in Star Wars. The one is from these bombs, and the other one is when Holdo goes through the Star Destroyer in Last Jedi, which still to this day is one of the coolest scenes in cinema, not just Star Wars, but like in the theaters, seeing that happen and seeing that in 3D was one of the most mind-blowing fucking scenes and, the, and I loved it. The cinematography in that scene, like it's very quiet and somber, and there's like white, you know, paneling and reflection everywhere, and it's just it focuses in yeah. close on her, you know, and she has like that, just that resolve in her eyes, and then she's like, "Perhaps today is a good day to die," and you're like, I'm "So down for this movie." Yeah, um, I cannot, yeah, as you can tell, was... help myself. Um, 
but I, I agree <laughs> with you 100 percent like that that bass chord on that freaking mine is <laughs> like i said it took me straight back to that prequel movie i was like where do i know that i know that exact sound from somewhere and it was very cool um for me yeah. the shot of the show i think is going to go back to the witness me moment with the alien pirates where he is like standing on the skiff he sprays his teeth silver he jumps on and mando is like oh i'm gonna have to go in one shot from here to here to here mm-hmm. and it was like it was just mm-hmm. a very cool like you know, gritty ground combat style shot. I thought I really liked that. That was my shot of the show. Um, <laughs> and Mayfeld's shot of the show was into that little tank on the back of that thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah Ricky, which Ricky, whoops, shot of the show? No, no, no. We yeah. got to give Ricky his fair shake. Yes. Uh, what was the name of the evil Nazi Night King? Uh, where's my uh, Valen Hess? Valen Hess. Yeah. Uh, my shot of the show, I did it more like a screenshot is what I'm thinking for shot of the show, but it would be him saying everyone thinks they want freedom, but really they want order. Yep, yep, there it is. That's the line right there. I dig it. And that... Oh. Those were our shots of the show! <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one more of those coming. I really hope that okay. next week, Josh, it's really difficult for you to pick your shot of the show. I'm sure next week is going to be a really difficult episode altogether, which speaking of that, uh, we'll talk about it more at the end of the show. But I think we might want to do that show Saturday or Sunday. Instead of the night of? Yeah, we, we shall oh, see though. It's the finale and we'll have some yeah. finale. I'm going to watch it. I, I guess... might want to watch the whole season up to it again and see what kind of so, things I missed that, you know. What I'm hearing from you, Josh, is that if people want to hang out with us for the Mandalorian season two finale live, that they should probably follow Twist My Arm podcast, Movement Podcast on Facebook. They should go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. They should shoot us a line and say, hey, I want to get in on that episode. Yes. They should probably do all that correct. stuff. Absolutely, yes. And again, we'll we'll promote that at the, the very end of the show for sure. There's still some things to talk about, I feel like. Oh, I know there's this. some things to talk about. I just don't want anybody to go into the rest of this show not knowing where they already are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> yes, indeed. So let's so see. Where here's, here's a question. Here's a question uh, that I have. Oh, I did. I did want to say uh, in my notes, I do have Boba Fett gives no fucks and he will, he will wreck you and then die. He's going to die. Yes. Um, here's the thing Do you think all of this good and evil, two sides of the same coin, certain point of view stuff, it, it has to be setting up some kind of conflict? Grogu is either evil now or like I don't know because like if it comes down to like what if Mando didn't kill Gideon I'd be like I don't care like that character is justifiably killable I don't need an arc for the Mandalorian I've already had his arc his arc is I'm a dad now and that's my life so yeah I'm cool with that like that's an arc I identify with (laughs) but I just it's one of those things where like what are they setting up because when he gets there it's going to just have to be a huge corridors worth of blaster fights or several heretofore unseen Jedi may need to show up or Ahsoka needs to come back or 
Bo-Katan has to, like either every character we know has to show up or Mando has to like solid snake his way in and then somehow one-on-one Gideon and then save the child. I don't, I, there's too much left in this story to be one episode from the end. It's like when I saw the last Jedi and they started killing people in the throne room, I was like, this is from like the end of the next movie. Why am I seeing this right now? And it was really cool and I well, got it. But like in, in this, it's like, I really have a really, really bad sinking feeling that we are not going to see the conclusion of this story until next season of Mandalorian. You know what's going to be sick, though, is so how, how long do you think? And this is just me asking myself this. How long do I think it's been since Ahsoka Tano and Bo-Katan have actually spoke? How long has it been? I don't know what their history is. No, and, that, and that's what I'm thinking. Like, how long has it been? So what and and this is my dream scenario for the finale that will kind of wrap things up but also leave a little bit for season three um ahsoka and bo katan met back up after mando went and helped ahsoka because ahsoka was like oh my god bo i I wonder what she's been up to you know and maybe i should go see what's up and you you know that ahsoka has some sort of tracking device on the ship so what i would assume is now that the tracking device is gone she's gone to bo katan to see if she can help find the slave one because of the mandalorian like because that would be the connection that she knows so with but with a tracking device on the razor crest which like you correctly stated is now gone yes yes ahsoka was able to figure out that he hooked up with boba fett See, but that that would be because she would have gone to that planet or was already on her way to the planet to be like, surprise, I'll take him and train him. Like, I changed my mind. I'm going to take him and train him. And once she gets there, she sees the slave one fly off. Like, one thing that that they could do is... Why wouldn't she just hail them from, like, across the way and be like, USS slave one, this is Ahsoka. What up? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, but I do think that she will come in with Bo-Katan somehow, some way. I don't have a way to explain it. This is just how I'm going there. Josh, why aren't you a television writer? I thought that's what we were doing here. Uh, no, see, but but this is like... I don't know. See, I just think that there's some way that she has met up with Bo-Katan... Like whether it's whether it's there's a tracking device on the razor crest and it blew up and she needs to find a way to track them again or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, there's not. Let's say there's not a tracking device. Fine. I have a lore question. What? Well, I have a a lore question. Right. That's what I was going to say. So, like, if um, Mando is not force sensitive and he doesn't have any. M count. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> can I guess the question boils down to can because we've seen force users affect the minds of non force users. Can they like use that to pinpoint the location of a non force user the way they could with a force user? Or is that a not yet explained thing that at some point in the next episode she'll go, I use the force? Or, or, or did she see the 
the beacon go up from Grogu and then was like, okay, I'm going to like use the force to connect with him a little bit and see how he does. And then she senses he's in danger. I, it To me, I feel like, I guess what I'm saying is I feel like we're rushing headlong into a problem that can only be, well, uh, good thing we had the force, but I wouldn't be against that. It just feels like that might be where. You know, I now that you say that, I think that the tracking device would be the beacon that Grogu sent out. That would be the tracking device. And I, maybe what Ahsoka did was send them on that test to see how Grogu would react. And she's like, okay. And because, because he reached was out. so stupid and kept touching that force field, she was like, <laughs> what is that? Like, I, just, I keep feeling an idiot in the force. What is, it? What is that? Oh, you know yeah, what? You're... It's probably that guy with the kid. Idiot. Of course, yeah. it's that guy. He doesn't know how to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he, and and you're right. Maybe she did sense that he was in danger, and they, I don't know. They needed to find a way to get Bando, and so she's got. I, I just I I think that Bo-Katan is going to show up, and then Ahsoka's going to be there with her. Like, like right. there's going to be a because scene where Bo and start, comes in and starts blasting the dark troopers, and then yeah. you know Bo Katan gets in a little bit of trouble, and Ahsoka drops down, and Bo's like, you know "What, what took we're you gonna so get? Long? Do you know what the introduction of Ahsoka into the fight will be? It'll mm. be Gideon taking the dark saber, like he's gonna slash at somebody, and then the next shot will be the white and the black <laughs> lightsaber crossed in the middle of the screen." Yeah, and that's why they're talking about light and dark and good and evil and two. Yeah, so there you go, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy the Mandalorian next week. Next Grogu week, dies at the show. end. So <laughs> yeah, we've already got our shot of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's the lightsaber. Gro- Grogu dies at the end of next week's episode. Cara Dune picks up the helmet and becomes the next Mandalorian. Uh, it's the the squid alien guy from a couple episodes back. He actually shows up and becomes the new Grand Moff out of freaking nowhere. So I heard make Grogu sure you tune in. This burns like automatic gun thing. Grogu gets yeah, that. He does. And then it shoots lightsabers. So it's like it, he's a force to be reckoned with at that point. Yeah, and Din just straight up kills himself. That's that's just what happens. He oh just, yeah. Ritual seppuku because of the like, he failed in his quest. Gone. So yeah. Yeah. No, I I it's do. Dark. It's a dark episode. I didn't expect. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder how many characters they're going to bring into this episode, though. I mean, However you could bring in the killed. you could <laughs> you could bring in the armorer from the last episode, like yeah, or from the last she season. She, I mean, she disappeared. She, I think she stated oh, at some point that she was trying to find a new home for Here's their the faction. Thing. That's the other thing. That's who's going to show up. I don't know how I forgot about that. There's still a bunch of Mandos out there. Like, yeah, the, the Mando uh, from like his clan, right? Like there's a bunch of bounty hunting crazy Mandos out there somewhere. Yeah. I just so maybe that's where Bill Burr is going. Nah, I feel like Bill Burr is going to go like work again. He's going to go try and find his old crew. You know, he's <laughs> it was like, you he's know going to a, go he's going to a show. <laughs> He's he's going to his own like space payphone on that planet, and he's like putting in a couple Cause, credits because he just he's got like, out of hey jail. Guys. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey guys, I just got out, and I need you to pick me up. <laughs> he's he's standing in front of uh, Cantina. He's going, yo man, I just need to get money for a speeder to get across <laughs> town, and when we get there, I know a guy that will give you credits to cover me. 
for having yep. brought me. Yeah. Yeah. Do not lend now that I'd... guy credits. It is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there are so many loose ends they need to one well, and not, I guess not necessarily because the Bo-Katan episode could have just been a one-off could have just been the, here's your quest to she another quest. Yeah, Katie Sackhoff can't play that character for much longer. I would think like, but they also wouldn't bring that character in for just a one-off episode. I, I just don't see them doing that. They didn't do it with IG 11 and he, no, who who's IG 11? Like, I think we could, make a pretty solid argument that Star Wars as a whole would benefit from only having certain characters in one episode, be that a movie episode or a TV episode. <laughs> yes. Okay. Certain characters, but Bo-Katan is on a, on the hunt for the dark saber. So already right there, just gonna... there, Josh, I'm, and I'm not saying that, that there, that there aren't, I'm not right. And I'm not saying that there aren't, I'm just saying, how many shows about a cool Mandalorian can there be? Or no, but... next next season, it'll be the Mandalorians with an S, and it'll be every character we've seen in armor up to this point, featuring Cobb Vanth on backup. <laughs> right. That's also one thing that I forgot to mention, is that Bo-Katan is on the hunt for the Darksaber. She knows yeah, that she... Gideon has it. so She should be on a collision course with them. Absolutely. If not a collision course, then, you know, Mandalorian is teaming up with her right now off screen mm. and getting getting her ready. And so, you know, maybe that's where she shows up. Who knows? Either way, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka are going to make another appearance in this last episode. I have no doubts about that. Yeah, I, I, I think they have to. Like I said, there's you can't. Like, if it's Cara Dune and Mando and Boba Fett, not that those are not three very capable characters. It's just like, you can't go to a ship full of bad guys if one of them is has a Darksaber and, you know, evil Grogu to back him up. Like, that's not, that's not going to work. Oh, Grogu's half-droid. That's, uh, called it. He's half-droid now. Get out of here. They're going to droidify Grogu so that they can to keep him alive, they're going to build a life support system into him like they do to Vader and like they started doing to Gideon, and then it's going to constantly drain him of blood. You're welcome, Robot Grogu. I'm sorry I had to ruin the last episode for you, Josh. Don't tell me that. That would Look suck. His face. He's like, this sucks because it's so freaking possible. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me that. No, I was sorry. I, I was trying to go back. I, I went back to my old notes um, of, of the episode episode three with Bo-Katan and mm. there was the reveal of her real plan. She needs right. the dark saber and goddamn, this is molding into what could be the best star Wars story of all time ever. <laughs> <laughs> I love going back to old notes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but speaking of... she's, she's going to show up there at some point. Like she will be in this next episode. Hands yeah. down. I just, and her crew's going to die. Sorry, calling it. I think I think a lot of characters are getting set up to die because it, yeah. they're either getting set up to die or not be on TV anymore, right? Like, yeah, because at some point we don't need most of these characters. Like, I think Ricky and I sort of started feeling like maybe we don't need Bill Burr anyway. I think it was a good episode, <laughs> and it was a he had some great character moments. It just weird spot to put it for me again. I don't mean to reiterate the same point over and over, but. Yeah. 
like you said, it feels like there's going to have to be so much that it'll have to be Jedi and Force and other characters. Like, there's going to need to be a ton of people to help. Like, well, it's, it's not, but it's not going to conclude. And you know, it's not going right. to end on this next episode. This isn't, yep. this isn't the, the end. This is literally the beginning of yeah. the Star Wars universe on Disney. Plus. I agree. This is, you know, th- their daredevil. Basically, the Mandalorian is the daredevil of the Star Wars universe where they're going to have all these other shows and then they all come back together and they have some sort of movie or something like that. So unfortunately, Mandalorian will be canceled right when it's getting really great and everyone wants it back and they'll say no. (laughs) Yeah, they treat it how they treat, you know, (laughs) and luckily Daredevil's back with Marvel because he's making an appearance in Spider-Man 3. That's going to be super cool, but. That's crossing the streams, Josh. That's for another uh that's for another top discussion, another day. Um let's see, what do I have? Uh the very last scene um is something that just like I got giddy, man. It I was like post about that on Facebook. Dude, it's like and I, you know, I really could have done without the recap of of everything at the beginning of this. Like, like did they have to show me Gideon yeah. saying the line so that I would remember right. when like, Mando said the line. I'm yeah, absolutely gonna remember it. Like, yeah. come on. But and not if you're twelve. I, I did skip that the second time, and I did notice. I this is a fun fact of this episode. This is the first episode of The Mandalorian that did not feature one single scene of Grogu. Yep. Mm. Wow. He wasn't even that. in the recap. It so it is in the recap. If you skip the recap then there's oh, gotcha. not there's not a scene of grogu i never do i love that announcer's voice last time on the mandalorian that's my favorite part of the whole show like it's just every time but <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from um uh, i also really like that if you hit skip intro it just like moves the mandalorian logo forward like three frames like, it doesn't <laughs> actually skip anything it's just yeah. like eh, eh, okay you're good <laughs> right um so what are the what is the oh yeah this whole last scene where he's where it's just i i was trying to figure out the best movie to compare this to where it's like the the character was beat down but he has gotten himself back up and this is his message to the boss that he's coming for him you know like mm-hmm. what what movie out there has that? It's like Die Hard or something, where where he's like yippee ki yay, you know, in, into the is this thing. A bit? Are like, you leading to your answer? No, I'm not at all. Oh, I'm I'm literally asking. trying to okay. think of it right so, now. Like, what <laughs> is a movie that would be comparable to this? Because it gave me those feelings of like, I don't know, like like there should have been some Terminator music behind you because it's you know, um dun, 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 dun. like I thought it felt sort of like Liam Neeson's phone call, like. Yeah, you okay. My child. Okay. I, I know sure. where you are. You know what I'm <laughs> capable of. Like yeah. I um it, <clears throat> it was a really beautiful parallel. I agree with you 100% that they sort of ruined the beauty of it by putting it in the recap. Um but to me that whole scene dude just classic Star Wars with a capital C, right? Yeah, like for sure. They talk through holograms, man. This is not your average movie about space in the 70s, 
right? Like, yeah, they have crazy stuff going on. This is really cool. And it was just, I mean, you could feel that they're like looking each other in the eye, even though they're not in the same room, you know? And right. It's just like, he's like, this effing dude has <laughs> such a quest on for me. Like, how do I get rid of this guy? Like, he's got to be impossibly frustrated. Like, I hired Werner Herzog. That wasn't enough. I bribed a mechanic. The Empire Handbook says that should have been enough. I put a tracker on their ship. That should have been enough. The ship I is literally gone. Ship. That, how is that not enough? Like, yeah. Where, why, time, why is he coming? Yeah, every time I'm like, hey, back off, they blow up a base. Like, <laughs> this dude is the worst moth in the Empire. I'm just going to say it. There's no way, unless the, the work that he's doing on Grogu must really be saving his bi-monthly valuation, is all I will say. Well, and all these all these failures are just seriously leading up to Thrawn having his Thanos moment. I still, like, what is, I still don't... Like, what is the... Because Thrawn is a swordsman, right? So he'll kill him with a sword. Like, no, because Thrawn is... Uh, he's the greatest military strategist ever known to the Star Wars universe. Yes, laugh it up, fuzzball. I get it. It's funny. But no, like, as a kid that wanted more Star Wars content, and as someone that, like, even getting, gro even growing up later on and reading those Thrawn books later on, like, that dude was a badass and he knew what he was doing and he knew how to he knew every weakness that you had and every way to exploit that weakness possible and he was just the most badass imperial aside from the emperor like he was the emperor without being the emperor you know how the emperor had all of his intricate plans to get the clones and get the droids and the separatists and he like devised this whole thing like thrawn was that but better <laughs> i'm not going to make the political joke that i want to but that's fine that's I, fine i will I... say i will say i'm cool with all of that like i'm totally fine with with thrawn being an excellent character with an excellent backstory that is well established and is meaningful and all of that stuff i don't have any of that so to me he will be a blue dude on the screen right uh, i get which it i like, know and, and, and not I'm, many I'm people not, are as stoked as i am because like thrawn is my shit dude <laughs> and i'm not and i'm not begrudging you that at all i'm just saying for me it's like to me that character being introduced doesn't intrigue me in any way other than going i wonder who that is you know what i mean mm. like it there's it doesn't carry any weight for me and i think that's the problem that i'm having right now with the star wars tv universe right is that at some point they're gonna try and all demand equal importance and i cannot possibly give them all equal importance like there's just no right. way that i'm gonna be able to do it which which is not a bad thing I just I think that this is part of that issue. I think this is part of what contributes to that for me personally. So here's something that I found really interesting today. Um, just with with Ahsoka name dropping Th Thrawn and just kind of all this lead up, I, I found this very interesting because T 
Timothy Zahn, the original author of mm-hmm. the Thrawn series, um, he's continued to write books about Thrawn, but it's more in the prequel era or early. No, it's in early stages of the Empire era where okay. he's kind of a, he's more of like moving up in the ranks in the Empire. It's not him coming back from his exile or whatever it was like in the in the later books in the later canon or the first books of Thrawn it was he'd showed up 20 years after the empire had been destroyed and had no idea what happened and it wasn't it wasn't that long because there were still remnants of the empire around so it was like because he he was everyone together he was on like a mission far away yep he was on a mission to to scope out the Yusen Vong to get their weaknesses because the Yusen Emperor. I didn't send Vong. Yusen. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. And Dude, that was punchy. It's it's late. It's like and that not, was that was from the the thing. But anyway, back to my thing. Timothy Zahn posted today on Facebook. He said the release date for Thrawn Greater Good, which is uh, I think the third book in his latest trilogy. Uh, it's been moved from May 4th, Star Wars Day, to one week earlier, April 27th. Don't think of this as a prelude to bouncing the book around the calendar like Chaos Rising was. They, they like move that release date around a lot for the book Chaos Rising. This is a specific um, move to coincide with the release of something else. But- Rather, think of this as Thrawn arriving early to a significant time and place in order to properly scope things out. Yeah. So that they'll put it out, they'll announce something on Star Wars Day, and then in season three, he'll be there. Yep. Or <laughs> or it'll be like, you know, the, the Ahsoka season is one season long. It'll be like the Obi-Wan season, where it's one series miniseries and it's like ahsoka versus thrawn you feel like that's how they're pulling actors in now they're like we just want you to do one season we're gonna give you 10 100 million billion dollars for one season, <laughs> and we'll just see if you like it okay i mean it's a it's a good it's a good business plan well and then and then once that character it. sees yeah and then once they're like oh i'm a global phenomenon because i stood in a in front of an led screen for 40 hours last week that's really cool yeah i'll do another season like, yeah, ex- exactly. It's too sweet of a deal to pass up. You get to go to a soundstage that's safe and do whatever you want. Like, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited for the season finale. Not, and I'm not even excited for any sort of finality to this show at all. I, I'm excited for the non-closure we're gonna get. I'm excited for everything that this is about to open up. Like I'm excited to speculate about the future of star Wars again. Like this, at the precipice. like this, this is everything that I've wanted from the sequel trilogy, you know, like force awakens was awesome. And I did so many predictions. I wrote a fucking 5,000 word essay on a prediction about how Poe and Ray were related. I was completely wrong in every prediction that I had in that essay, but I was so excited about it. And then last, you know, last Jedi came out, Rise of Skywalker came out. I lost a little bit of interest. Um, you know, I, I liked those movies to a certain extent. Even Rise of Skywalker wasn't up to, I just, it didn't make me excited. You know, it just wasn't. Oh, it was bad. The best of movies. And so yeah. having, having this now, I'm so excited to 
speculate again and to really dive into things again. You feel like if you invest some time in the world again, you're not going to feel like an idiot for doing that in in two or three years. Dude, and that is right there. That is seriously a feeling that I've had for a minute. Like, oh my God, I've put so much time into this for for rise of skywalker are you this is what this is what how dare you rise of skywalker me <laughs> yeah like i have done so much <laughs> like i don't and I don't then know. like let's not talk about that movie but i will say even as a casual fan that movie had its moments it, it did do just with them but just it had like its last moments. Jedi had its moments too like right. yeah <sighs> I don't know. So, man. okay, Josh, is there anything else that you want to cover before we hand out some ratings for this episode? No, I um, I think I covered my, my special notes was the shot of the show and the first episode without Grogu. Those were my special notes. All right. So I don't rem- I don't think we have an order, but like let, uh, just for the sake of mixing it up a little bit, Ricky, what is your rating for this episode out of 10? And wah. I'm going to go with about seven. This really wasn't my favorite episode. It wasn't as good as the past two. I got bored a little bit. I felt it was a little clunky. But, I mean, how low can you really go for Mandalorian rating? Seven's right. not that low. I went pretty low on the, the Cara Dune heist episode, but I think even that was like a five. I don't think I've given anything less than a five. So. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what about you, Josh? Ricky said is sitting at a seven. Mm. Um, God, you know, I I liked Bill Burr. I liked his character. I liked his development. I liked his backstory. What and it it wasn't even it wasn't even a backstory, but imagining his backstory with just what he had said, you know, the references mm-hmm. he made. Um, Boba Fett's new armor was was really cool. Uh, it was a lot of fan service to me. It was a lot of, again, this whole season has been fan service for sure. Um, but but yeah. the Boba Fett armor, the Slave One in action again, um, Cara Dune and Fennec having their way with their sniper rifles was excellent. <laughs> Just shooting people down like like no big deal. I, I would watch a season. I would watch a season of those two together, hundred like on missions, on little sniper yep. sneaking missions. Like I'd be so down. Yep. Um. But all in all, man, I I think this is prob probably a seven as well. I'm gonna go with the seven as well. I was teetering on six and a half, six point five, seven. Yeah, I don't I don't like this. Like I was gonna say seven, and now I'm tempted to just. No, you know what? This episode gets a three because, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Are we about I, to go I, lucky sevens? Because that's tight. I think seven is where it is. Like you, it like you know the last two episodes, I ranked those really high. Those were like a nine out of ten for me, and this did not approach that level of coolness. But it also was not nearly as bad as that stupid non heist heist episode. So it's like, I think you have to give it a seven because it's definitely better than a six, right? Like there was enough cool shit in this to pull it over a six for sure. But I don't know that there was anything just like, so ugh, that I have to give it an eight. So I, I think we're jackpotting this one, you guys. 
that, and I think that's yeah. the first time that's ever happened. Like, well, it's fitting that... because it was episode seven. So, oh my god, and that was episode seven was your favorite Star Wars movie. So that's perfect. It's Wrong. like it's like Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie, but whatever, dude, that's fine. Yeah, I know that. You know, I know. I that. will <laughs> die with that one. I don't know. So yeah, sevens yeah. across the board for episode seven. Also called of the Mandalorian. The of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. Um, just a few little credits to go through because we didn't do it at the beginning. Uh, this was directed by Rick Famuia who also did the Prisoner episode in Season 1. The music was by Ludwig Gorenson. This was written by Jon Favreau. This had Tamora Morrison as THE Boba Fett, Ming-Na Wen as Fennec, Bill Burr as Mayfeld, Gina Carano as Cara Dune, and Richard Brake as Valen Hess. Uh, they also had the kid from the first season Village episode. There was a kid in that episode that was the child that made eye contact with Mando in the very cool uh, when they were in the juggernaut thing so just a couple little shout outs there um, I want to thank everyone for watching and for those of you that are listening thank you for listening to this show uh, we are the movement podcast you can find us on all social medias just by searching for twist my arm we're kind of under a, a network blanket things are changing in the network next month there's a lot of things happening um lot of a lot of things coming on the pipeline that i'm excited i know jesse's excited as well be sure to look out for his new episode of seasons within coming out tomorrow uh, later today it's now saturday so it yes saturday, sometime yes. today just watch your feed you can watch it on twistmyarmpodcast.com we're in there coming at you tomorrow so stay tuned for seasons within Yeah, and also be sure to check out the latest episode of Twist My Arm. We're talking to some local businesses from around Denver and Nebraska, and this next week we'll have another episode with some more local businesses. So make sure to hashtag support local business in this trying time. Um, again, thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. I'm excited to do the season finale next week with as many guests as we can fit in some tiny screen. My name is Josh. My name is Jesse, and I also want to say thank you, Ricky. Yes. You're not Ricky. Yes. We are the Movement Podcast. We're going to be back at you next week. Bye.